Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. I am so thrilled today on Your Brand Amplified to have Simon Leslie with me. He's not only the founder and chief executive of Inc., the global travel media company, he is a prolific author, brand expert, and an expert in handwriting, hypnosis, microaggressions, expressions, and body language, and many other things. Simon, thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's an absolute pleasure. You know, as people give me this, this nice roundup, I get, oh, but I haven't even got started yet. I'm just about to get going. Oh, you know, this, yes. There's, there's still loads more in the tank. So that's good. Um, that's that's fantastic. Uh, and that's inspiring and motivating to all of us and to the listeners. Um, it's one of the things I love most about having a podcast is I get to meet really amazing people who have had success in their businesses and are pivoting, are seeing what they want to do next, are seeing how they can use that to add more and to help the next generation of entrepreneurs and businesses. So I'd love to get into your story a little bit. Did you always have a passion for sales and for travel publications? Or how did you get into that business? It's really interesting because obviously I'm doing a lot of work now looking back at, you know, where, where are my threads here? Yeah. There's, there's this question that you sort of, I keep asking myself is, when was I most creative or when, when did I figure something out? And, you know, and each one of those things is a learning moment. And if you start putting them all together, especially over a long career, you start getting threads of things that you're, you're quite good at. And, it, and actually writing the latest book, I look back at my 17, 18, 19-year-old self, and there were, there, were, there were signs at the very beginning that I saw things differently. Mm. I started off, my, my first job was selling insurance door to door, knocking on the door in the cold, <laughs> miserable British weather. Um, and that was a baptism of fire. And actually, I realized I was quite good at it and I quite like sales. Wow. But I always wanted to be a, what you call a real estate agent, but we, we called it a state agent. Mm. And no one would give me a job. So after a couple of years of making a bit of commission, I bought my own estate agency. Wow. And this. <laughs> This coincided with the greatest property crash of the 80s. Oh, oh gosh. And this, and this is where the, the, the sort of magic, when you look at it, no one gave me any chance of surviving. They all said, you'll be out of business in 10 minutes. And I survived about two years. And I found ways to do deals when there were no deals to be done. I found ways to find financing when, the, when people couldn't get financing. Yeah. And I think even at that young age, that was the that was the threads inside me that was that they were the things that I was good at. Yeah. How do you how do you look at problem differently? How do you find a solution? And how do you do go a different direction the way that everybody else is going? And I think for me that is who I am. It's who I am certainly am today. And I want to you know what you described in the intro. I want to give back to to twenty year olds, twenty five year olds, young entrepreneurs, young business owners who are who are on that journey and you know unfortunately a lot of them are impatient and they they expect progress and progress <laughs> it's 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 the most important p word and there's a lot of p words that are associated with sales but progress is the hardest thing to recognize mm. and it's also the most important thing to to show that you're moving in the right direction 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you started out selling door to door, and then you moved into owning your own brokerage, essentially. Yeah. You were able to make that a go and keep it successful, even a time of a downturn. You were able to use your zone of creativity and genius to figure out ways to get things done where other people couldn't. How did that transition into who you are today and your the other parts of your career? <laughs> Relationships, which I think is another really important uh, part. You know, the, one of the guys I... I worked on the insurance door to door. He 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 was poached to, to be a model, and he went around the world making lots of money as a model. And after he spent all his money enjoying himself, he came back and said, "Sight, I've got a great idea. Let's start an advertising business." Mm. And that's how I got into advertising. Wow. And it started off as very local, you know, selling adverts on this sort of wipe on wipe off board. You know, we'd sell your local plumber, your local electrician, your your builder, you know, all the things that you might need at home. And then we put these through the door. And there was still a a ridiculous recession going on, but we were doing well. We said, let's start a magazine. You know, what what did two 20-year-olds know about publishing a magazine? Who knows? We just said, let's do it. And we launched the magazine, and that's how I got into the magazine business. Hmm. He He then fell in love and went to live in Australia, and... At that point, I met my partner of today. We've been we've been in business together for twenty eight years, mm. and we started Inc. and Inc. was never in the, the. It was just a generalist publisher. We did we wow. did all different type of magazines. We had a magazine for allergies. The only problem was that most people couldn't read it because the allergy, <laughs> the plastic or the ink would put them would make them ill. Oh no! So, oh, no. We we were just a little bit ahead of our time. We didn't realize how big allergies would become. Um, and, and then one day we, we had a few airline magazines and we said, well, why don't we focus on this? Because this is something that we, we mm-hmm. quite like. I, I learned, you know, we were, we were our, our clients were in the Middle East and Africa. So mm-hmm. learn all about haggling and negotiating and mm-hmm. patience. And we saw poverty, we saw wealth. So we started to be culturally a little bit more aware. Mm-hmm. And we said, Let, let's do more of this. We get to travel more. We get to see the world. Yeah, and that's how the business really got going. And in two thousand five, we went after the uh, the in flight magazine to dominate that space, mm-hmm. and that continued all the way up until March twenty twenty, where we were the biggest publisher of in flight magazines in the world. Wow, we had thirty six, I think, and our nearest competitor had three or four. So we we were we were the we were the we were the big player, and it was it was an exciting business. I saw the world. We, we, we traded through 9-11. We traded through SARS. We traded through financial crisis and European crises. And then along came this pesky pandemic and just went, see you later, guys. Wow. That had to have been so difficult. Um, did Because people didn't know what was going to happen in the world of travel. I, I traveled a little bit during that time for because I worked with a client who was doing COVID testing and seeing the airports completely empty and yeah, not, you know, mostly empty seats on planes. There wasn't the audience for the magazines that you were publishing. So how did you pivot and what were, were you able to retain the business? Were you able to, were you still publishing during that time? Were you able to keep your staff? How did it affect your business? 
this the 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 book equanimity is a diary of those 25 months mm. and and i i didn't set out to write a book it just like sort of journaling and writing down all the things were going on and i suddenly realized actually there's a lot of insight in here mm. what, what i did was um about march the night people started phoning and saying we're going to take these magazines off the plane <sighs> I think only American kept theirs all the way through, and then they took theirs off as soon as the lights came back on, which was just mm. ironic. Um, some of the others we started mailing to the house, so we'd say to them, the airlines, look, we'll keep the magazine going, we'll just we'll send it to the, your most important flyers. Oh. Um, we had to be creative, but we went from 36 magazines to four. Um, so we, we had to, I don't like the word pivot, we had to transform the business and, and find yeah. a different way of doing business. Um, and we'd already had a small TV network, but it was also at the airport. And when the airport shut the doors, mm. that suffered. Um, and it was, okay, what can we do? And we went out, we bought some technology. We, 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 we looked at everything that we were good at, and we really focused on that. The, the, the other thing that happened, which I think is the reason that we stayed in business, was um, the law of reciprocity. Mm -hmm. I um, I went out and I reached out to 50 people, some of them I knew, some of them I didn't know, and asked them to come in and help me and talk to my team because we didn't know how long this would go yeah. on for. Right. So I just wanted to keep them, you know, we were, I was sort of treating it as if it was off-season, right? We've got to keep training, but, mm. you know, we don't know when, this, when the season's going to start again. And I guess we thought it would be six weeks or 10 weeks or 12. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were so naive. <laughs> You know, if, if you'd said to me in March, this is 102 weeks, are you going to be okay with that? I would have gone, no, shut the doors, forget it. I can't, you know, ring me when, when the sun's shining again. Mm. But we didn't. So these guys came in and I'll talk about everyone from Alison Levine, Tim Story, Tim Grover, Jordan Belfort. And, and they, um, whilst they were coming in to inspire my team, what I realised was happening, consciously or unconsciously, is that I was getting inspiration. I was getting ideas. I was getting ways of thinking about how I could change the business, how I could change the way I saw the world. And it was incredibly helpful to me. And then what I thought I'd do is I'd put all those conversations into the book so people could understand what power that I got from it, that I could then pass that power on to somebody else. So that was the, that was the whole concept behind the book. And mm. it, was, it was, you know, it was 102 weeks of, you know, I, I, I might say I had my rucksack of despair. You know, every day I put this thing on my back and it was like, how do I get through? How do I stay positive in spite of everything that's going on? How can I keep positive energy for everybody within the business? And um, we got lucky with a couple of things, opportunities. This is, this is, this is my favorite line of all lines, all of you entrepreneurs out there. So listen mm. carefully. Every opportunity is gift wrapped in problems. Mm. The, the challenge is, can you unwrap the opportunity? Yeah. Right? And most people will go one layer, maybe two layers, and then they go, oh, it's too big a problem, I can't deal with it. And sometimes it's 10, 15 layers of wrapping paper before you find that opportunity. And But now, the, the beautiful thing that that allows me to do is I can reframe every problem. Every problem that turns up, I go, oh, there's an opportunity coming, there's and if it's a big problem, that means a big opportunity. And, yeah. and somehow it has turned out right. Now I don't get phased by the problems. I get excited. And I'm, I'm in a different state of being just because I know that there's an opportunity on the other side. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's and I, I know that magazine business is can be very difficult business. Um, I used to work in magazine publishing on the marketing side, and I worked for a company that was actually based in England, Future, and we were the U.S. Future U.S. Um, and I remember in the years like 2001, the dot com bubble burst. They shuttered a whole bunch of magazines, and you know we and we kind of had a restart. But I love the fact that you were able to take your expertise, figure out what you really love to do, niche down to the travel sector, find your zone of genius and inspiration there with your team and your partner, and then figure out how to carry forward even and think again, using that kind of different way of thinking and mindset to create a new path forward for your business and go, okay, how do we keep solving this issue? We're not just going to throw our hands up and give up. What else can we do to still make sure that this content is being served to the consumers that would have seen it in the magazine, you know, magazine on the airplane? How else can they get it? And what can we do next to have a viable business and a successful business and come out on the other side? You you describe it eloquently and beautifully. Thank oh. you for that. <laughs> but you see, I, 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 this future is a really interesting example because um, I never rem remember how to pronounce the lady's name who's the chief executive there, but she has done such an amazing job of turning that from a traditional magazine publisher into a, you know, it's a much, much bigger business than it is today. I think she took, you know, took over in about 2007. Mm. And... You know, in 2001, Future had all the video games. Had, yeah. you know, it, was, it was like... I launched the official Xbox magazine <laughs> for that exactly. company, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they were so on the money. And today they have things like Compare the Market. And, you know, it's a, it's a really different business. They, they, they've really... Export, you know, they're doing hundreds of million dollar deals, mm. whereas then it was, you know, it wasn't what it is. So today it's an, it's an amazing business. So I get a lot of inspiration from watching oh, wow. other, other businesses in the sector who've managed to do something similar but different, you know, within their own industry. So, so it was a good example. But for me, it, it was about how can, we, how can we work a little bit less harder mm. and, still, and still deliver a, a good result for us, for our clients, for our employees, for our shareholders. And, and that's, that was the sort of starting point. You start with a blank canvas. I, I guess I'm a 28-year-old startup, you know. <laughs> And I keep saying to all the team here, like, we're a startup now. We, we've just started and we haven't a clue what we're doing. So stick with us. We're going to be okay, but it's going to be exciting. And and, and, and I'm, a, I'm a huge component of belief. And you have to have, you know, belief starts at the top and it and it will filter down belief and energy. Mm. You know, I, I walk into the office today and people are energetic and excited. And I go, do you know what? I get a buzz off of that. I can work in this environment. Mm -hmm. Because if an office is like a library and it's quiet, People will just, I describe it as like, they're, I walked down the, just now and there's three people sat on their computers like this. And I said, are you lies practicing piano or something? Because <laughs> it's like, come on, get up, get, get the blood flowing, get the energy running through your body. We can do better than this. Mm. And, you know, I think the bells rang more times today than it probably has done all month. It's just, it's exciting what energy can do to a, to a, to a office floor. Yeah, Absolutely. So what? So now you have a book, um, not your first book, we should say. You've had a few other books before on different topics. Um, so you have your book, and what is the shape and status of your company now? What are you still focused on travel, or what? What is the next iteration? So 
what I've created is the best way to describe it is like the Amazon of travel. Mm. So you can, we, we, we are now um, helping people have free Wi-Fi at the airport, free Wi-Fi in flight. Nice, yeah. If you're flying on American or JetBlue, we, we bring brands to the airline so they can therefore offer free Wi-Fi. So I'm really excited about that. That's so our newest product. Our TV network is now the biggest TV network at the airports in the States. Mm. So, and, and I'm, I'm sort of, I'm in our studio here. Yeah. So this, this is live in Miami and we, we make it. It looks show. very Miami, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> lots of pinks and purples. Um, yeah. So we, we make, we make lots of daily shows in here and, um, uh, and, and that's shown right, right the way through up to Canada and a few, we have a few screens in, in Europe as well. And we're just opening in, Africa and, and Asia as well. Okay. So that that's growing brilliantly and you know it's exciting. It's the same you know, to me it's the same thing. We produce content, we sell advertising and we inspire audiences to go to different places. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you're able you just were able to expand it and use more of that di- the digital world. Absolutely. We have uh, relationships with 15 airline partners where we um we we create content to be able to share with people. So if, if you've booked a flight from London to New York, mm-hmm. we can share content with you. We can share inspiration with you. Mm. It's it's a whole, I don't think fundamentally it's any different than the magazine because a magazine is just content and advertising in a printed, binded right. thing. Yeah. Now, it's the same thing. It's content and advertising being delivered to you wherever you're going to read it, if it be in Facebook or Instagram or mm. on a TV screen or however else we can get that message to you. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I, I love that. So, what continues to inspire and motivate you to come up with new strategies, new concepts, new ideas, and ways of of bringing content to the world? Do you know what? I think I'm the most excited I've ever been about anything. And, and I think it's that, that startup mentality again of, you know, I'm open to ideas. And, and in some ways, I'm, I'm, I'm more excited by the fact that they're talking the world into a recession. <laughs> and there's going to be opportunities because some people are going to get, you know, I think this book is coming out at the right time because there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be, who their businesses are going to be hit very hard. And then they've got, at least they've got a manual of what they, some of the despair they can help them with. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. Um, okay. So this is a little different of a topic and it goes back to some of the things you're an expert at. <laughs> so talk about handwriting and hypnosis and how do people understand what are some tips that can help the audience understand when they're looking at somebody's you know expressions as they're talking even now I'm getting conscious of like how am I communicating with you across the screen (laughs) (laughs) but I'm looking at body language and micro expressions how did you get interested in diving deeper into these topics and becoming an expert in them. You want to write something and hold it up and I'll tell you what it says. Oh. <laughs> um, I wanted to get better. And, and, and I realized that anything that would give me an edge in any area, remember handwriting today, very few people handwrite. I wish I could read text, let alone, mm, you know, mm. all the other ways of communicating. But in, in the old days, you know, if someone could write something, I could then see if they had energy, if they had issues, if they had challenges. You can see so much from somebody's handwriting. It's not something you can disguise. I could see if they were compliant, non-compliant, if they had good energy. Um, and, and hypnosis was another thing where it was just giving me another edge. You know, how, how do you speak? 
how do you change your tonality? How do you raise mm. your voice? When do you know when to move in, move out? And how how you get a rhythm in in the way you speak that people do want to listen to what you've got to say? Um, the micro expressions was the, was the next thing was body language, and I was like, I was looking at people, and I could see them like making all these squinty things, and I was thinking, what does that all mean? And you know, now when if I say something, and I might see disgust or contempt or something. I don't know if you ever saw the show Lie to Me. That, I, I used to love that program, and that was the that's where I said I want to know how to do this. <laughs> um, can't remember what the actor was, but he'd look at the he'd look at people and ask some questions, and then go, "No, he's lying. He's guilty. He's lying." And I, just, <laughs> I just thought that was so interesting, um, and I, and I just went and found all these different things, which I thought I didn't think. I think I thought, can I learn a little bit more, and will this help me? And and actually, if you put them all together mm-hmm. and and mix them in like a recipe, all of a sudden you've got like a whole different skills. Wow. And, and, and by the way, nothing in, you know, this doesn't mean anything and that doesn't mean anything or that, on its own. Uh-huh. But if you start putting them all in and you see a little bit of rash here or a little bit of redness here or a little bit of twitch in the eye, all of the things together, uh-huh. then you can start putting a picture. But anyone that says to you, oh, that means you're very close. No, it just means that I'm very comfortable like that. <laughs> doesn't mean anything i'm not being defensive it's just that's the way i see it mm. and it, but it's really interesting in terms of improving your eq improving your iq as well mm-hmm. if you add all these things to the mix people will just bounce off your energy people bounce off of how you talk and how you react and yeah how you hold how you shake your hand how you tap someone on the back on the shoulder it's all little nuances that make you re- then make you remember you versus you know you know I, I had a guy came into the office today and he said oh nice to meet you because well we have met before and i said well you're not very remem- memorable are you then if he doesn't remember you and, and i think that's really important if people don't remember you the next time you see them you've got some work to do mm-hmm. yeah that's a very good point i i completely agree with what you're saying about the energy because that is one of the things for me one of the beauty, beautiful things, I guess, and hard things, right, about the pandemic was that now we all use more Zoom or other platforms as ways of communication. The beautiful thing is that we get to meet people from all over that we never, because I never would have had the opportunity to meet you and have this conversation. And now we get to, and I get to learn from you a lot right alongside my audience. And I get to be inspired by you and the energy that you're giving off and the advice you're giving us. But sometimes we do have those um, meetings that the other person isn't energetic and they're not giving back and they're giving short answers. And you're like, oh, this is not, this isn't fun. This isn't inspiring. <laughs> do I want to do this? Um, so yeah, that energy is, is a huge part of the world today and being able to communicate effectively across video platforms. You know what? What it just triggered was people who say, I want to make lots more money. And I would translate as, I want to be more energetic. Because mm-hmm. the more energy you have, the more passion you have, the more money you will make. You'll never meet anybody who's hugely successful who hasn't got that. Yeah. You know, where, where do you get your energy from? You know, you seem to work all the time. You, it, and it's, the, the, the currency is energy. If you're harder working than anybody else, you'll probably end up being more successful than those people. Mm. If you're 
enthusiastic and passionate with everyone you come into contact with, there's a good chance you're going to get remembered and people are like doing business with you. So, so what's the currency? You know, is it hard work? No, it's energy. It's, it's making sure that in the moment, whatever we're doing, whoever we're communicating with, we're doing it with enough verve and passion and mm. excitement. And I always say that opportunities are everywhere. We talked about, you know, opportunities being gift-wrapping problems. But opportunities are everywhere. Right now, there's an opportunity between you and me, because I don't know what it is, but there's an opportunity that we've met and we're speaking. But most people are neither awake, aware, or available for those opportunities. Mm. I, I've sat and I've watched, I don't know, God knows how many episodes of Shark Tank. And, oh. like, <laughs> and, and anybody I sort of sat with, they go, oh, I had that idea. And I said, that was an opportunity visiting you. Exactly. You, weren't, you weren't ready for it, so it went down the road and found somebody else. And they ran, and guess what? They're standing on the screen now because you didn't do anything about yeah. it. That That is the same thing people always say. Um, I hear that because in the entertainment industry, a lot of times people say the same thing. I had the, the idea for that show. Oh, I, I wanted to write that book. But exactly, and that is part of the creative process that I've read about and heard about too, is that's an, that opportunity came to you, but you didn't take advantage of it. So and found somebody else who would. And, and that's... Yeah. It's energy, right? Yeah. Somebody the energy to go and do it. And by the way, some of these guys fail and somebody else will pick it up and right. two or three iterations down the road, exactly. someone else will be successful. That's what I'm hoping for in 2023 is that you know people who've got these businesses and they don't know what to do with them will get bored of them and I'll go, oh, have them. I'll do something with them. <laughs> like, more. <laughs> I'll bring my energy to the table and we'll see what we can do with it. Yeah. I mean, one of the new, newest business we're doing, which is the uh, the in-flight Wi-Fi, I'm really passionate about. Now, I'm not the only person on the planet doing that, but I promise you I am the most passionate and excited about this mm. product in terms of I can provide, help people get free Wi-Fi on airplanes. Yeah. And it's, well, you know, if I'm the most passionate and most excited about it, more likely is I'm going to win this battle because I'm going out there every day promoting this as a really exciting new business. Not because I'm clever and not because I'm smart and not because I've got more money, because I've got more energy. Yeah. Well, and then I was just thinking as you were saying that not everybody's going to pick up the magazine on the airplane and read it, but everybody's going to walk through the airport and they're going to hear the TV as they pass by. They're going to want to get on their Wi-Fi on the plane and just at the airport as they're walking around so they can communicate with their loved ones or they can catch up on their social media or they can do, get some work done or whatever they want to do while they're waiting for their flight. So you're giving not just the user, the consumer, more opportunities to receive your content, but you're also helping your advertisers put their message across multiple platforms, which integrated marketing you know, storytelling, multiple hits, because we, we all know in sales, usually people need to see something. It used to be seven times, sometimes I've heard more, sometimes depending on the platform. But yeah, you're giving yeah. a lot more opportunities as well for that content to be delivered, for the advertising messages to be delivered to us. And the reason I've stuck to travel, even though, you know, most of the time it's been good to me, is that it's a, it's, it is the consumer and it's the, it's the customer that we all want. Yeah. You know? We're going skiing, we're going on holiday, we're going to do business. This is your fast-moving consumer. Unlikely they're very, very old. They're unlikely they're unemployed. You know, the mm -hmm. cost of going through an airport now is, is, is so crazy. And I love the, 
the water story. You know, a bottle of water in Costco is oh, yeah. 25 cents. <laughs> and, you know, you go to a petrol station and it's a dollar or something. You go to a restaurant, it's $5. You go to an airport and it's $10. So it is the most expensive place on the planet to buy anything. <laughs> Yeah, but you're going to, you need the things. If you forgot your charging cords, if you forgot your, you know, AirPods, um, <laughs> there are so many things that you need to buy. $27 is what a, a Wi-Fi, a phone, iPhone cable costs at the airport. Mm. I mean, I don't know how many I've bought. Yeah. Hudson, <laughs> I must be their best customer. So what, has your book come out? Is it coming out soon? No, it's out. It's out. It came out in... Uh, don't know what day, what month we're in. It came out in August. It's available on Audible, um, hardback, softback, Kindle, whatever format you want it in. Every format, uh, awesome. And then I, you- I, I get a recommendation. I'd say get the Audible. It's not my voice, but it's the voice of a beautiful English actor, oh. and he's really <laughs> captivated, captivated my 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 feelings and my emotions. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a great. Wonderful. And then does it also, is there a podcast that goes along with the book? No, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm getting tempted to do it, but I haven't quite pulled the plug uh, yet. I'm not as well, you're, you. you're putting it into an existence right now. If, every now and again, I keep doing it with that screen because at some point I'm going to pull the trigger. I've, I've recorded a couple of episodes, but I'm not, I'm not in love with it. I'm, I want to, I want to get it just right. I'm Goldilocksing it at the moment. <laughs> Well, what are some business tips that you've learned along your journey from starting out door-to-door sales? And by the way, I started out uh, selling carpet cleaning, dialing people in the in the white pages in the phone book randomly. Okay, today it's I think I was fourteen years old or fifteen years old, and it was today you're going to work on the letter N, and so I would have to look up all the last names with N and just dial until I would get somebody to to buy. So. So I love hearing stories where people are like your story of you, you know, you, you wanted to work. This is the job that you could get. So this is what you did. And then you moved it up and you got into what you wanted to do and you kept on moving. I think it's a superpower. You know, that that skill, is, I think it was Alex Ramosi said it last week. I, I remember sharing it. It was like 10,000 cold calls will teach you more about life than any other education. <laughs> and, any, and then any other book will ever teach you. Get on the phone. So whatever your product is, phone up and speak to customers yourself. Um, one of my greatest coaches said three people every day. Every day, make a list of three people you have to speak to today and do not stop until you get hold of them. And, and if you keep doing that, and you know, it compounds and it grows, and you just gotta you've gotta you've gotta use the phone. You know, I get and three, four hundred email marketings a week. Mm-hmm. I get God knows how many texts and WhatsApps. But you know how often the phone rings? Once, twice a day these days. It's crazy. It doesn't ring anymore. So if you really want to get hold of people, pick up the phone. Just phone them and tell them what you've got. Don't worry about banging loads of emails. Most of them are ending up in spam anyway. Right. It's very hard to actually get to the person you're trying to get to by email. And all these email marketers and social media experts and digital experts haven't got a clue. Nobody's got a clue what how to make it successful. And anything they did last month is not necessarily relevant this month and certainly won't be relevant next month. Mm-hmm. So it is a it is a trial and error life right now. You've got to test lots of things, find things that work. When they work, 
work them until they don't work anymore, and then move on to the next one. I think my 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 best tip would be just be aware, be awake, because as those opportunities, as you grow, gather them, grow them into existence and reality, you, know, you have to have a very, very clear vision of what you want to do, what you want to achieve. And it's so clear that there's nothing going to get in your way. There's no miss. There's no confusion. In your head, it's very clear where you're going. Mm-hmm. And find your superheroes. Find the people who are going to help you achieve what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. So somebody who's done what you want to do or somebody who's go- gone where you want to go, and, and you can't just have one of those. You probably need two or three because one of them might have got lucky. <laughs> then, then, you want, then you want a... Um, what do you call it, like a companion who's going to keep you on rhythm, on energy. Somebody who you can phone up and go, I'm having a bad day, and he'll, he or yeah. she'll pick you up, and you'll do the same for them. Somebody who, you know, who's got the same energy as you, who's heading in the same direction, but not necessarily achieved anything, but you've just got that, you know, sometimes you're ahead, sometimes they're ahead. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're, you're cheering for each other. And then you need to find someone with a bit of grey hair, bit of wisdom who's who can help you with gratitude appreciation kindness yeah. and, and self-work you know people don't do enough work on themselves mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and who the hell they really are you know if i was going back to my 20 year old self i'd say do more work on you understand why what drives you who you are what makes you tick what what are the threads that you've got that are, that are bringing out the best in you mm. yeah that's self-work it leads to self-worth. And I think it's something that, to your point, a lot of the younger generation struggles with. They struggle with that imposter syndrome and figuring out, are they, can they really do the job that they want to do, that they aspire to do? Are they equipped? You know, Because maybe other people have said to them that they can't. Um, kind of the way that you said, oh, people didn't think you would succeed in having your estate brokerage but you were able to succeed. You're able not only to succeed, but exceed their expectations, your expectations. 100%. And do you know what? Too many people cow down to people telling them they can't do something as opposed to saying, no, no, that's, you're misinterpreting that message. That message is you can, they can't. They don't think they can. They don't think you can, but they don't know what you're capable of. And don't get ever, ever let anyone else on your parade as it were because I took every time someone pointed a finger at me by the way when you point one finger there's three pointing back at you every time someone pointed a finger at me and said you can't do something you're never going to amount to much I went okay challenge accepted (laughs) that that is all it is they're just challenging your belief system and if your belief system isn't strong enough and you know I, I had imposter syndrome right up until 2019 and I was successful with imposter syndrome oh my gosh not, not, you know, not because I didn't think I could do it. It's just that I was thinking, what happens when they work out I haven't got a clue what I'm doing? Mm. And, and funny enough, through COVID, because I had to find a whole new length, new level of strength, that gave me confidence. That was actually, do you know what? You are quite good at this. You are. Stop putting yourself down. And But it took me a long time and a lot of work. And that's why I'm saying you've got to do the work early. Mm-hmm. Imposter syndrome is, it's not imposter syndrome when you haven't achieved anything. Mm-hmm. Imposter syndrome only comes in when you've achieved something. Okay. And then you don't, you, you, you're, um, you merit that, that, that success. That's just lack of confidence. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Mm. So what is next for you, Simon? I'm going to keep setting myself unrealistic targets. <laughs> I'm going to keep um, pushing myself to the limits. One of the things we do, and it's getting to that time of year, is every uh, December we write a letter to the future. Oh. So December 31st, 2022, we'll write a letter from 2023, December 31st. And it'll say, dear Simon, what an amazing year you've had. You did such and such, you went such and such, you achieved such and such, your team did this, you took your team. And I've been doing this for, for well, coming up for 11 years this year. Mm. And to me, it's the most powerful thing we do. I, I was just telling someone the story, and, and, I, and I get goosebumps telling the story, right? This lady worked in London and she said, I want to work in New York. And I said, put it in your letter. So she wrote a letter. And that was the end of it. And she ended up working in New York, and I was very pleased for her. And then I went to visit her in New York, and she said to me, can I tell you something spooky? And this is when the goosebumps start. Mm. And I said, what? She was, I, I was just tidying my stuff up, and I found my letter to myself. And she goes, the date that I put in the letter was the date that I flew to New York. Oh, my gosh. A letter that she'd written nine or ten months earlier. Yeah. So it goes to that. That, that that law of ordering or whatever you want to call it, yeah. like dominoes, it'll be here in 30, 30 minutes or less. If you, <laughs> if you predict what you're going to do, there is something inside this thing yeah. that gets into gear and starts working out how you can do it. Yeah. Well, that's manifestation, right? That practice of, of mindset and thinking um, and awareness, just consciousness that we can create our own realities um, it's really funny that you bring this up because just yesterday I, I've been listening to, I love listening to books on Audible. So I'm definitely going to get your book on Audible. <laughs> um, sometimes I get them on Audible and I get the hard copy. And then I belong to a couple of book clubs that record podcast episodes about the different chapters. So I listen, so it helps sink into my brain in multiple ways. But one of the books that I recently was reading or listening to, I should say, I did buy a companion journal to it. And one of the practices was to create, um, you know how people create vision boards that you can see, but they said, instead of doing that, create a vision box where you put all of your aspirations, your hopes and your dreams and your desires, and then you put it away. So you you still, it's in your subconscious, but you're not looking at it. And that still is very powerful. It's kind of like the letter writing. You write the letter and then, and I actually did write a letter to myself as well that I'm supposed to read in, in a year, but I put a lot of things in that box just last night because I've had it sitting on my desk. I finally was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I need to put this practice into action. Uh, because it gets me excited to think about those things. And it helps me remember what my goals are and what I want to achieve and get in that mindset of, okay, so how am I going to attain them? I, I love that. And I hate it at the same time. Because <laughs> unless it's visible to you, I mean, we I made people do mood boards and put them on their desk and, because it has to be there every day. Everything you do, I don't want to pick up that phone. Hang on a minute. I want that car. <laughs> it's, it, so you've got to make sure that you're looking in the box regularly just to remind yourself what, because all it is is just a, another tap on the back to go, yeah. you know, I've got to stick to my commitments to myself. Because, you know, in, in this world, right, people blame their bosses and they blame their relationships and they blame their partners and their parents and everything else. But really, it's only on us. You know, if we start taking responsibility for every action we do, we never blame anybody. 
I love the book, No Complaining. If you can go 21 days without complaining, your life is a completely different life. I promise you that. If you could just take responsibility, because me, I crashed the car. What did I do wrong? You know, and someone drove into the back of me. But there was something I did. Take responsibility for everything that goes right and wrong. And and it just sort of leads me into this this concept of good and bad ideas, right? Mm. Oh, I had a good idea. Well, how do you know it was a good idea? Well, it turned out well. No, that doesn't mean it was a good idea. Just (laughs) you had a good outcome. Because sometimes you make, you, you make a decision which you think is a good decision, but it gives a bad outcome. You go, oh, it's a bad idea. Mm. No, stop, stop labeling good, bad, because you, you end up with all this disappointment. Of, it's just, uh, you know, when people phone me up and say, I've got good news for you, and I go, good. <sighs> What's the news then? And they go, no, it's good news. I say, no, it's not good news or bad news, because I, I don't you know how to react to it. Yeah. <laughs> You've got news. And when they, when they found me and say, I've got really bad news, I said, okay, you've got news. Let's deal with it. Who knows if it's bad? You know, what was really bad in 2020 yeah. is actually really good today. So right, right. You don't, you don't know. And you, until you look back in 10 years or five years or three years' time, you've got no idea if something is good or bad today. Mm. Mm. So don't ever get too up or too down about anything because only time will tell. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I could just keep asking you questions for hours. <laughs> <laughs> so we will have to have you back on in the new year um, to do another episode update. I would love if you would be willing to. I would love to do that. Pleasure. Awesome. But in the Absolutely. meantime, yeah, how do people reach you? What is the best way? If somebody is listening, they say, oh, I want to investigate advertising in airports and in airport magazines. Or if somebody wants to buy your book, is, is there like one clearinghouse? That encompasses Simon Leslie. I think that all three books are on on, on all platforms on Amazon. Um, the first book is called No F in Sales, which <laughs> I, I'm sort of regretting writing that book because I wrote it in September 19, and within six months there was no F in sales. So, <laughs> so I've got to be very careful. The, the second book was called White, and, and that was the story of um, sort of me going into business right the way through to about 2000. And fourteen, to, to mm. we have a we have a self destruct issue within our own business, and how I fought my way through that. Wow. Um, and you know the that that's been out now three years, and last month was I saw more copies of that than I did of the new one because mm. I think a lot of people who bought the new one have gone back and then bought that one as well. So, yeah. um, and then in the middle of those two, I wrote something called White Belt Thinking, which is a a real beautiful fable, and it's and it, to- and it takes all my thinking and all the things that I've learned mm-hmm. and I put it into a story of a young boy who's sort of down on, down on his luck and oh. he wants to be a boxing champion. And, and what I realised was it's a story of mentorship, it's a story of courage, it's a story of um, fighting against the odds. And, and I was... I was I, a book club had picked it up and they were doing the thing and I was doing a talk and I said, as I was explaining to them, I said, do you know what? I've just realised at every point, every one of those characters is me at mm-hmm. some point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, because today I'm now, I'm now the old man mentor helping the young guy see the way. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a, the concept of white belt thinking is if you're, um, as a, as a beginner in any martial arts, you get a white belt. Mm-hmm. So if you see life as a as a beginner, i.e. you haven't got all the judgment, you're not clouded by your lots of stuff, 
you can see a lot clearer. And so that was that was the thinking behind it. So how do you think like a beginner every day? And how do you how do you approach things with a with an open mind? Yeah. And and equanimity is that that this will be like a manual for people over the next twelve months because you're going to have so many people like going what the do I do here because this is this is this is uncharted territory for us because a lot of people didn't get hit badly by COVID because their businesses kept going they weren't they weren't affected by the travel or the printing um, so I hope that will will help a lot of people find a way through and I'm already getting you know I can always tell how good a book is by the the type of emails that I get from people saying oh, this has really helped me and on the NoF in sales one guy wrote to me he said. I've been going to therapy for two years for something that you articulated so perfectly in one chapter. He goes, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you could have saved me thousands if I'd read that earlier. <laughs> um, and one of the commitments I made in, in Equanimity was you will not see the same me in 2023, 2022 as, as in this book. Mm. So every month I've been documenting what I do each month on LinkedIn and on Instagram. So if people want to follow me, they can actually see what I do every month. And I'm living the the dream. I'm living the way that I said I would live. And because of that, it's holding me accountable because I know at the end of the month, I've got to write a report. And if I have done nothing this month, I'm going to have to write, I've done nothing. And yep. um, that keeps me excited and keeps me on my toes as well, which, are, which I'm loving and enjoying. Mm. And if, uh, I don't know when this is going out, but... Uh, Next two weeks, I'm in Nashville doing two different talks. So uh, anyone's in the Nashville area, yeah. they might have seen me. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Um, you you mentioned a quote a little earlier, but I always like to ask if people have quotes, mantras, verses that they live by. You know the John Wayne quote, John Wayne quote which is... Um, Tomorrow comes in at midnight. It comes in very clean mm. and it leaves yesterday behind it or something. Mm. Um, I, I do love that. Success is success is earned and it goes to zero at midnight. You know, you start again at zero the next day. Mm. Anything that reminds you that every day we start fresh, we get another chance. Yeah. I, I do the chicken dance every morning. I go like this and if there's no box there, I know it's going to be a good day. <laughs> My, my grandpa, God rest his soul, said to me before he went, he said, uh, let me tell you something, Simon. He goes, if you lift your head off the pillow, you've got enough. And uh, I think it's a wonderful thing in terms of even youngsters, like just having that opportunity to get up and do something today. Yeah. Don't waste it because we don't know how long we're going to get on this this God for, <laughs> this wonderful earth. Um, but you've got, you've got to enjoy it. And uh, and, and I've, I've done my best over the years to, to, to have as much fun as I possibly can and, and bring as many people with me on that journey. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very obvious. I can see the joy and the gratitude for life and the life that you've lived in your face as we're having this conversation. So, I appreciate that. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience before we sign off today? Oh. Buy your book. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought it closed off then. Um, um, no, just keep listening to podcasts like this because you're going to learn so much more. You know, you're asking great questions. There's just great interaction and, you know, it's it's really powerful. You know, I, I spend so much time in my day listening to stuff. I mean, I use Audible and podcasts 
I don't very, watch very much TV anymore. I mean, that's my that's my modus of keeping myself positive. Yeah. And I listen to people. You know, I want to be I want to be one of those people that I want to listen to and go. You know, this this, this is the way life should be. It's mm. not that complicated. Yeah, awesome, Simon. Thank you so much. I really greatly appreciate your time. I know that it took us a while to get this scheduled, and I'm really excited to get this content out to our audience. You dropped a lot of great information. Your story is very inspiring and motivating. And thank you to our audience for coming back for another episode of Your Brand Amplified. You will be able to find links to Simon's books, his website in the show notes and on my website. Please do give a rating. If you haven't yet, give a comment. Let us know that you like being here and you like what you're getting out of this podcast. And I will sign off now. I'm Annika Jackson with another episode of Your Brand Amplified. My guest today was Simon Leslie. Thank you, Simon. We really loved having you on and can't wait for our next conversation. Absolute pleasure. Want more? Check out amplifywithannika.com or follow me on socials at amplifywithannika.com.